send us some more fun, warm weather. Uh, I want to share with you a few moments about what uh, is taking place here at Saginaw First Assembly as we step into a new season. Uh, as we step into a new season uh, here, uh, there's, there's a few things that are taking place and have taken place, and, and I just want to kind of draw your attention as I believe our church, our body, our church family is headed in, in as stepping into a new season. There always seems to be something uh, exciting when we do step into a, a new season. I don't know about you, but I, I get excited when the changing of the seasons happen naturally living here in Michigan. It happens for us four times a year. And uh, some of the ones we love go by too quickly. Some of the ones we don't love so much seem to last too too long, and uh, but we love the changing of the seasons. I do. We experience it naturally. However, we also experience changing of seasons spiritually, uh, in the supernatural, in our spirits, in our hearts, in our walk, in our journey, in our relationship with the Lord. Uh, the changing of this season, fall, brings many changes. The changes of the leaves, the, the warm days, the crisp nights, the yay, changing of the clocks again. Uh, we have so many different things that, that change, and, and uh, we see those changes, and, and sometimes changes come with excitement and anticipation. Sometimes it's mixed with a little uncertainty, even a fear of the unknown. I want you to know, in this next month, these next four Sundays, uh, we're going to take a look at how we can step into a new season with joy a new season with hope, a new season with the blessing of the Lord on our lives. This fall season is going to bring about many changes. We're going to talk about those. Some in the natural, some in the, in the spiritual, some is our journey in our own lives, some in our journey as a church. I believe that God has some incredible things. For us as a church this summer, we've been mending some nets all summer. We've mended several nets this summer. We have a new stage that I am standing on right now. We have a, a new sound system that was installed. We have a student center that was remodeled. A new parking lot. Can I get an amen in the house today? We have a brand new parking lot with parking lights that, that, that shine on it. It looks beautiful uh, at night. You can see and you don't have to go out into the darkness when you go out to your car uh, following services on Wednesday night. Uh, so exciting to, to have our new church sign. Just a new season. This just a couple of weeks ago, we had over 125 people here for a, a drive-in movie night. A few weeks back, we had 12 people follow the Lord in the in water baptism. I want you to know God is moving. God is doing great things, and it's an incredible season for us. Sometimes it's hard to say goodbye to a former season and move into the new season. For some of us in this room, we don't want to say goodbye to summer. We don't want to say goodbye to summer. We want it to last a little bit longer. We, moving into the next season sometimes means we have to leave some things behind. Fall brings us back to a place of schedule, many times routine. There's something about kids going back to school and the schedule that that begins for moms and dads and the sports schedule and all the activities begin. And it brings our lives back into a routine and, and that schedule many times brings a unique 
order to our lives. And that's for parents and grandparents. That's really for all of us. For some in the room, uh, it's the ex- exciting time where, where a new season kicks off, whether you're a football fan, a basketball fan, and, and you're excited that the new season uh, is underway. Uh, for those of you in the room who are farmers and hunters, the fall is a, a season of harvest. It's a time to harvest, and it's a time you've been anticipating and excited about. For each of us, different seasons bring about different emotions and feelings. And as we walk through those seasons, as we walk through the things that the Lord has planned for our lives, it's a powerful thing that takes place when we get ourselves into a position to ready ourselves to be anticipating what God has next. As we just mentioned, a few weeks ago we celebrated, but a month and a half ago, I turned 50 years old. Yeah, some of you in this room are going, wow, you're old, dude. Some of you in this room are going, wow, only 50? You're so young. I understand that. The the difference is sometimes our age brings on a new season. I was talking with a friend, and we were walking through uh, briefly just kind of what it was like, and, and he welcomed me on Facebook, sent me a message, said, man, welcome to the 50 Club. And I was like, I cannot wait to explore this new decade for me called the 50s. Sometimes, uh, not just natural seasons, but seasons that we go through in our lives bring about those types of changes. It reminds me what Ecclesiastes, what is said in Ecclesiastes 3. And uh, here uh, King Solomon shares, and he says, uh, excuse me, in in Ecclesiastes 3, uh, he shares, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Uh, Just as I mentioned, uh, I turned... Uh, 50, I want you to know that there are natural weather seasons, there are natural seasons that come along with age, and there are spiritual seasons that we are about to encounter with our lives. I believe that there are some keys to navigating each changing season that will help us be successful as we walk through the changing seasons of our lives. These also apply to the changing seasons of our church. The first key that you and I need to embrace today, and I want to talk to us a little bit about embracing this new season, is to step into the new season with joy. Everybody say joy. Come on, say joy. Look at your neighbor. And no, no, no. I didn't say to say anything yet. First look at them and say, man, you look good today. Now I want you to smile at them real big. Come on, show them some teeth. There we go. Hope you brushed them this morning. I hear laughter. I hear uh, people, you know, all of a sudden in that moment, 
the laughter, the joy. I, I really want you to understand as we engage a new season, there's something about joy in our hearts that help us navigate whatever it is that comes our way. We want, as we talk about navigating, stepping, step into a new season, we need to step into a new season of joy. I believe that God wants to instill a new joy in our hearts, that that as the people of God, we would be experiencing joy, living joy, walking in joy, and listen to this, bringing joy to the people around us. We need to step into a new season of joy. And... We need to step in to every season with joy. No matter where we're at in life, no matter what season we are embarking upon, it could be a great season. It could be a season that might bring some challenges. I, I know that every season sometimes, as we talked about, isn't one that we were expecting or looking forward to. We didn't see it coming. But when those seasons come, I want you to know that God promises us that as we walk through those, if we can understand and learn how to have a spirit of joy in our hearts, and in our lives, no matter what season we face, no matter what we walk through, that that joy, the joy that only the Lord Himself can bring into our hearts will all of a sudden permeate that situation. That we wouldn't step into a new season begrudgingly, but with joy. He holds and controls the seasons. But I don't want to turn 50. I don't want to get older. I want to... Come on, anybody, anybody else feel that way? All the ones younger than me saying, dude, it's too late for you. You're, you're old. It's too late for you. Old man. I, 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 I really... As I'm walking through this series this summer and preparing and praying, uh, I got to be honest, my own life seasons that I'm experiencing now uh, just really moved me. As, as I talked and shared with you, Ecclesiastes 3.1 tells us, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Too many Christians have lost their joy. They don't display the joy of knowing, following, and serving the Lord. They don't shout. They don't, we, we, you know, that, that joyous heart that's deep inside of us. The truth is, Christians have been many times represented in the media as hateful, uneducated, irrational. Sadly, in some cases, it's accurate. Christians have become so consumed with the evil in our culture and the restriction of our religious freedoms that might be lost that we we instead somehow have have lost our sight, lost our vision, lost our our passion, what God has called us to do, and and that is to love people, to love people, to serve people, to, to have a deep down joy in our hearts and in our lives. We don't need to look at the world in fear. We need to look at the world and say our God's in control and it's not going to take my joy 
I believe that when we encounter, when we embark upon a new season in our lives, we have to embrace it with joy. Too many followers of Jesus are just angry. I call them crotchety old people. Crotchety old people. We have a choice to embark every season of our lives with joy or we become a little crotchety. Crotchety old men. Not the women. They don't get crotchety. Just crotchety old men. Listen to what James says in James 1, 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Another version of the Bible says man's anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Anger, hatefulness is not the answer. I've never met the person who said, I decided to follow Jesus because my Christian friend was so mean to me. They condemned me all the time. They, they talked down to me. They, they were so holier. They, you know, I, I've never seen someone who said, you know, because you're so mad and angry and upset with me all the time or, or judging me, I, you know what, you're right. I should give my life to the Lord. Why? I don't understand why they keep doing those things. I want you to know we will not win our world by being angry. We will not win our world with that kind of a demeanor. It just doesn't work. Some will say, but the Bible tells us to be angry. Let's look at the verse in context. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun even go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Paul here was saying, anger was your old way of life. Now you have new life in Christ. Don't let anger dominate or control you, but And in fact, he says, don't sin when you are angry and don't even let the sun go down on your wrath when you're angry. angry. This should be true for all of our relationships, that that our anger should be a very short. The Bible says you can be angry and not sin. I understand that, but it's not telling us to be angry. It is talking to uh, uh, us in this context and understanding that that in this moment when we have in our lives an anger or a, a, a feeling that causes us to lash out out to be a, a something that God has not created us to be, to be hope, light, salt for the world. Uh, we need to keep those moments short. Tony Lee and I have adopted this in our in our in our marriage. It, it, it's amazing. It works. Do not let the sun go down upon an argument. Do not let the sun go down upon your. Ra- uh, you know, listen. I I'm telling you. And when we walk through these kinds of things in our relationships, uh, it's a powerful, powerful thing. It should be replaced with joy. Our, our moments that we have when we are upset or those things. Listen, Paul even goes on to talk about 
our talk and what we say and how we talk. Listen to this in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Did you get that? You're only supposed to say words that are helpful for building others up, who benefit those who listen. That applies to all communication. Everybody say all communication. All communication. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, text messages, the way we talk to our spouse, the way we talk. I'm going to get a big amen on this one. The way we talk to our parents, the way we talk to our children, the way we talk should be a light to even our closest loved ones. They are not exempt from this passage of Scripture. Our closest family should hear words of love, adoration, encouragement, hope. The Bible says in verse 30 through 32, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And then in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, Be imitators of God, therefore, dearly, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Let's look at another passage quickly in Galatians 5, 22 through 25. This is a beautiful passage. You, I'm sure we, many of you know it very well. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Everybody say joy. The Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Remember, Paul says, that was the old. Now we live and we put on the new. When you are stepping into a new season in your life, there, is, there are several keys we're going to walk through this month. The first one is to enter the new season, to step into that season with joy. Those who belong, excuse me, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When you made a decision to follow God, when you made a decision to follow Jesus, your nature began to change. Jesus living inside of you. This is really good news. Jesus living inside of you does a couple of things. He turns our anger to joy, our hatred to love. It should literally turn that frown upside down. Even though you're all looking at me with a frown right now. It should turn that heart of stone to a heart of gladness. Uh, as Pastor Leon was, was talking and sharing during worship, do you know what we have to be thankful for? 
Christ Jesus died on the cross so that you and I might have life, that we can live, that we can worship, that we can know Him. That is something worth shouting about. That is something worth jumping up and down and getting excited and a little passionate. I I want you to understand that when we embrace this amazing relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ, something inside of us begins to change. There is evidence. It is very evident to see and experience joy. If you are lacking joy in your life, today is a great day to begin a journey, to take a step in a new season, a new season of joy, to embark upon joy. Let's take a look at a few steps to encounter the joy of the Lord in our lives. Step one, we need to experience or understand that joy is not optional. It is a command. Joy is not optional. It is a command. I'll give you a second as I see some of you are writing that down uh, to, to understand that joy is not optional in our lives. It, it's a command from the Lord to be joyful. He tells us in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Come on, everybody. Say rejoice with me. Come on, say it loud. Rejoice. The Bible tells us that we need to be a people who rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord when? That's a lot. Right? That's a lot. Always. Not some of the time. Not when it's a good day. Not when it's just sunny out. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. I think it was important. It was so valuable. He said it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The message of Philippians 4.4 in the message says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in Him. Make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you're on their side, working with them and not against them. Help them see that the Master is about to arrive because He could show up at any minute. Wow. Rejoice in the Lord. Revel in Him all day, every day. Oh my goodness. I'm getting excited. But I can't. Too many things going wrong in my life. Too many things going wrong in my family. There are things going wrong in my finances. Too many things going wrong in America. Too many things going wrong at at my workplace, my job. I want you to understand that's wrong thinking. No matter what we go through, no matter the difficulties that we uh, experience, the Lord wants to give us a deep down joy. A joy that passes all understanding. A joy that is not based on circumstances. You say, but I have too many problems, too many hurts. I want you to know, secondly, step two to stepping into a season of joy is to understand that joy is not circumstance-based. 
Happiness is based on circumstance. What you have, where you are, what is happening right now brings happiness. Joy has nothing to do with our circumstances. Joy fills our heart in spite of our circumstances. It comes from inside, out of a relationship with Jesus. First Thessalonians Uh, is a book that is written by Paul to the church in Thessalonica. The church was enduring suffering and persecution. In fact, he said it was severe. It was severe suffering. Paul started the church, but they even encouraged him to leave because they were fearful for his life. So they sent him off. After Paul left, the news there from the believers in Thessalonica had very little support or leadership in the middle of all of that persecution that was taking place. So they had put their faith in Jesus, had changed their way of life. Now they were being hunted down and persecuted, threatened, imprisoned, persecuted for their newfound faith that they had in, their, in the Lord. They were serving Jesus under the threat of death. Imagine that. Serving Jesus under the very threat of death. Remember, they were brand new Christians. Paul wrote this letter to them and he gave them encouragement. This is when he wrote, Be joyful always. Pray continually as he wrote them after he left and they were walking through persecution. He says, in the middle of your persecution, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will for you in Christ Jesus. When you are joyful in spite of your circumstances, you're following God's will for your life. But be joyful always? Come on. Really? Be joyful always? How could Paul expect them in the middle of everything they were going through to somehow conjure up or have joy? Our joy... In the midst of a season full of difficult circumstances is the key to overcoming that season. Let me say that again. Our joy in the midst of a season that might be full of difficulty and difficult circumstances is the key for us to overcome that difficult season and allow us to step into a new season. I know over the last several weeks, we've had many in our congregation who have lost loved ones. It's been amazing to watch them walk through both the sorrow, the tears, and then that moment that it turns to laughter and joy in the remembrance of their loved one. Paul learned something through his own troubles. Listen to this. Joy comes from knowing that you are not alone. He realized that he wasn't alone. I want you to understand, if you want to step into a new season of joy, you have to understand and realize that you're not alone. You're not alone in this walk. You're not alone in this journey. God has a plan. He has a purpose. It it comes from the Lord. Joy comes from knowing that God is with us even in the rough and difficult times in our lives. 
It's not a a moment of saying, why God? It's a moment of saying, how God? How are you going to be glorified in this? How are you going to help me through this difficult season? I can't wait to see the miracle. I can't wait to see that expectancy and that joy. To know the Lord so deep, so deeply, that no matter what takes place, deep inside of our hearts, there's this deep understanding and knowing. Ah, My God has me. My God has me. I'm here to tell you today, our God has you. He is holding you. He is is perfect. His ways are perfect. Though we might not understand them, there's joy that you and I can experience today in our lives. I pray that you encounter that type of a relationship with the Lord that is so deeply moving that there is nothing surface. It's not happiness. It's not based on circumstance. It's not with the wind and the waves. It's solid and steady saying, no matter what comes my way, my God is my rock. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3 says, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I love that. Come on, how many of you have ever been a little over your head? I'm in a little bit over my head here, God. I need some help. When you're in over your head, I love this. I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, uh, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. I love that. Psalm 511. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them. That those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. A follower of Jesus can have joy in the worst of times. Because God promises that he will be with us. He will walk with us. He will renew our strength. You are not alone. In fact, often you sense His presence even more in those moments. Often you go through circumstances we don't understand. I want you to know you can still have joy because God sees what we can't see. Your trial and your challenge isn't just about you. But we kind of like to make everything about us, don't we? I am not going to ask for a show of hands. But we all know somebody who likes to make it. Look at all the heads nodding with me. I haven't even finished the sentence. They like to make it all about them. Listen, as followers of Christ, if we can come to this understanding and realize that it's not all about us. It's not all about us. Your trial and your challenge isn't just about you. It's about He is preparing you for His purpose and drawing you closer to Him. Maybe even while you're in that valley. That's why you can have joy when your finances aren't going well. That's why you can have joy when you face death or loss. That's why you can have joy in the midst of a long-term illness. That's why you can have joy in the face of persecution and even opposition. I want you to know, step four, joy 
in difficult circumstances comes from knowing that God will use your circumstances for His glory. There is a deep joy that we can have that hides deep in our heart when we understand that no matter what we go through, no matter what we walk through, our prayer should always be, Lord, to You be the glory. Do You get the glory. Do something amazing. And and God, I'm praying and asking You as we walk through this difficulty, but I pray that that even us in this room, we would follow the example of Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 describes His joy in the very worst circumstances. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Church, look at me. Maybe it's time in this moment, wherever you're at in your walk and your journey, to step into a new season of joy. And as we do that, these eyes that you're using right now to look at me, we need to turn and look at Him. And turn our eyes to Jesus. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For uh, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, even enduring the most agonizing pain imaginable, was able to look ahead to the joy of the prize. He knew that His sacrifice would set us free. That His sacrifice in that moment is painful and difficult. He saw the future and He knew ahead that His sacrifice would bring and buy and purchase the the joy that He had in purchasing our salvation, yours and mine. The joy of, that, that He was creating the opportunity for us to spend eternity with Him. That's how a follower of Jesus has joy in difficult circumstances. We may never have planned for it or expected it in this life. We, we, we knew that it wouldn't be smooth, maybe easy or trouble-free. But we've got something to look forward to. Here's a key thought that I have for you today. Our joy isn't based on what's happening right now, but what's ahead. It's based on what's ahead. God has, how many of you believe God has good things for you ahead? How many of you know He has great things tomorrow for us? He, he has good things for us. Our, our joy isn't based on what right now. Our joy is based on what is ahead. Jesus endured the cross for the joy of making a way for you and I. You can endure the challenges of life with joy in our hearts because our Father showed us the way. I understand that. And looking long term is a, is a huge, huge uh, benefit when it comes to investing. You can't look at here, now, right now. You have to look at the long term. I kind of think it's the same way with joy. When it comes to joy, we have to have a long term perspective. We have to see that God has a plan and a purpose that goes far beyond this moment, what's happening today. He has something good in store for you and I. So we take a look at that. We understand that, that joy comes from an incredibly long-term perspective. We understand that it's not based in the here and now. We understand that it's based on His incredible plan for our lives. You can have joy and difficulty because we aren't living this life for this life. We're not living for this life. We're living for the next. This is not our home. Heaven is our home. We're just visiting here. We're just passing through on the way to your real home, 
heaven. As we laid Hans to rest yesterday, we talked a little bit about that. We talked about he, he was living for heaven. He loved his family. He loved what was taking place here, but he had heaven on his mind. He knew where he was going. And in that peace and that joy that he experienced, I want you to know that you and I need to live our lives. This period is period, not period, our home. This is not our home. The things that happen here are so temporary. They're temporal. But the things that we live for go far beyond what we see with our eyes today. They go beyond that. It's a deep and incredible joy that He fills our hearts with. When you struggle, when you struggle with joy, remember and think about that. This is a big key to being joyful in every season. To step into a season of joy, to step into a season of joy in your life, I pray that today marks a day that when we walk out of this place, we walk out with joy, knowing that Jesus Christ has paid the debt. He is alive forevermore, and He has got every circumstance and situation in the palm of His hands. And because of that, though I'm not happy with my circumstances, I can live in joy. I can live experiencing His joy. When you get there, when you get there to that place, when you struggle with joy, when it it becomes that that deep down, listen to this, this is a, a big key to being joyful in every season. This is a big key for us to step into a season of joy. If you want to be joyful, if you want to be joyful, focus on Jesus. Focus on Him. Focus on Jesus. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an ear, excuse me, an inexpressible and glorious joy. Everybody say joy. Look at your neighbor and say joy. Say it joyfully. (laughs) And I don't understand that. An inexpressible and glorious joy. That's that's deep. That's remarkable. I, I see your circumstances. I see the fight. I see the struggle. I see the loss. I see the sickness. I see that. And yet, there's joy. Because He is mine. I am His and He is mine. He wants you to understand that you can step in to a new season of joy. There is an incredible amount of joy to be had. In fact, when it's deep down, as we're talking about here, stepping into that new season of joy, sometimes it's inexpressible. It's a glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. I can have joy in spite of my circumstances because I have Jesus. When things don't go my way, I can still have joy. When laws are passed which restrict my faith, I want you to know we can still have joy. In spite of sickness or disease, I still have joy. When people speak against me, 
I have joy. When friends abandon me, I have joy. You can take everything I have, but you cannot take my joy because it doesn't come from you. It comes from Him. He is the giver of joy in our lives. I am joy-filled and joyful because I have Jesus in my heart. Because I have Jesus in my heart. I ask if Pastor Leon, if you would just come, if the team's coming or who you have coming. I want you to know no matter what season you are in today, it could be a difficult one. It could be a frightening one. It could have some unknowns that have some barriers and some hiccups and some things that that you don't understand or didn't see coming. But I want you to know that this season can also be filled with joy. There are people right here in our church who have that kind of joy. As I see them, it always makes me smile. It always brings a, a joy to my heart. In a world that's full of sickness, sadness, that is filled with anger and fear, people will not understand our joy. Do you realize that? How many of you want that kind of a joy? You want that kind of a joy deep down in your heart that says, you know what, when I see it, when I, I don't understand it. It can't I, be explained away. I don't understand how, why, what, when, where, how, all of those things. But I know this, that we can experience joy. I pray that that's your desire. Come on, how many of you want that kind of a joy in your life? I do. I do. Listen to this. Follower of Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Come on, say it with me. Rejoice. rejoice. Come on, say it with me. Rejoice. Rejoice to have joy in our hearts. The last thing I want to share with you, for each and every person in this room, you need to understand this last step. Finally, joy is a decision. You decide if you want to live in joy. You decide if you want to live based on circumstances, or you decide if you want to live with the joy of the Lord in your heart. That no matter what may come our way, there will be joy that will flood our hearts and in our lives. Make the choice today. Choose joy. Make the choice to follow Jesus. Make the choice to let His joy overflow in your life. Step into this new season filled with joy. Also, let the love of your heart and the joy in your spirit... Listen, can I, can I just... Before we move on, let me just pause and say this. Let the joy in your heart that's deep in your spirit, can we let it make it to our face? Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Nobody likes a grumpy Christian. I heard an amen over there. Lestine, come on. I heard you. Nobody likes an angry Christian. That's an oxymoron. Come on. We, we need to be people who are filled with joy. And it needs to be shown on our face. We who have Jesus, 
who have the power of Almighty God, so many times walk around, why so downcast, oh my soul, woe is me, suck it up and live, suck it up. Jesus is alive. He's on the throne. He's got us right where He wants us. Come on. Let's be filled with joy today. Let's let it express in joyful found. God, we glorify Your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we glorify You. Hallelujah, Jesus. We glorify Your name. Lord, we love You. Come on. God is on the throne. He's got you right where you are. So here's what we're going to do this morning. Choose joy. Say it with me. Choose joy. Look at your neighbor and say, choose joy. Choose joy. Choose joy. Choose joy. We are going to choose joy. If you're in this room, before we unleash our joy this morning, if you need Jesus to be at the center of your life, if you need Jesus to bring joy back into your heart and your life, this moment is for you. I would love for you to join me in this moment in prayer to ask Jesus to bring the joy back into our hearts. Maybe you need to ask Jesus back into your heart. I'm not going to ask anyone to bow their head. I'm not going to ask anyone to close their eyes. In fact, I want every head up and every eye open. If you are in this place today and you need Jesus to come back to the center of your life, right where you are at, all across this room, if that is you, just simply lift your hand and say, God, come, help me. Lord, come into my situation. Lord, come into my heart. Come into my circumstance. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need it. I'm going to pray, and we're going to ask God to come in and touch you right now. If you need joy, how many of you in this room need some joy in your heart and your life? Come on. Hallelujah. I want, every hand, I want everyone in this room, lift your hands to heaven, and I'm going to pray. The Bible says that if you ask Jesus to bring joy into your heart, if you ask Him to be the Lord of your life, if you ask Him to, be, to sit on the throne of your heart and your life, that He will forgive you of sin, He will help you, He will bring you joy. God, we pray right now over every single person in this room. God, from the left to the right, the upper, up in the balcony, God, we pray right now that joy would flood our hearts. And Lord, Lord, we know that it starts by allowing you to be the Lord of our life. We know it starts by allowing you to be the Lord of our circumstances. And today, together, we choose joy. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Let's give Him praise today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we love you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Yes, Jesus.